0: All right. Before today's show, I want to talk directly to you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. I know you're out there. I see you out there. You want to start your business. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know what pieces are missing. You're not sure how to find deals. You're not sure how to raise money. You're not sure how to structure your business. Who's supposed to be in it? What do they do? What are the roles involved? And how does that all work? And how do you scale it eventually? Well, listen, I've got you covered. I know this is a huge problem and I know you're struggling with it. And I have a solution. It's called the Business Fast Track Blueprint. It's a program that I put together. It's four weeks and it's designed to quickly get you off the starting blocks and get your business off the ground and running with a plan, a blueprint of how to create that business and turn it into something that gets you to your goals. If you want to find out more, it's Starting soon, you can go to Business Fast Track Blueprint. Go there, check it out, businessfasttrackblueprint.com. Sign up, be there. I want to see you on the inside of this program. I want to help you get your business off the ground and get you off to the races in 2021. Go check it out.
1: you know, it really did change things and allowed growth in other areas, right? Some yeah. more like life to expand and, and unfold a little bit more in different directions. Yep. And, you know, obviously it led to Lead Propeller, real estate investor websites, and uh, and now Forefront CRM we just launched, which is super exciting. And, and just creating the software, which is also a passion of mine mm-hmm. to help other real estate investors to make that transition.
0: You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right. Thank you guys for joining me on Just Start Real Estate. I appreciate it. I appreciate you being here as always. I've got a fantastic, fantastic show for you today. Good friend of mine on the show. Before I introduce him, I just want to remind you, if you want to spend four weeks with me working in your business, helping you either get started and build that foundation and answer some of those questions you have when you're first starting your business, or you have a business that you are trying to take to the next level and you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what pieces to put in place. You're not sure how to do it. I want to help you with that. You have to go to businessfasttrackblueprint.com. Again, that's businessfasttrackblueprint.com. I have put together to put together something to help you solve those problems in your in your business and do it in a very very short time frame. That's why I call it the fast track blueprint because I want to give you a blueprint to either building or scaling your business. And I want to do it quickly, right? We want to start making revenue and get that going now. All right, guys, go check it out. I'd love to see you on the inside. However, today for you, for your listening pleasure, I have a good friend of mine, Danny Johnson on the show. I've had him on the show before. uh, So I will not do an elaborate bio and build up But needless to say, this is a very successful real estate investor. He is also a software designer, software engineer, very smart guy. He helps make products for investors like you and me uh, that allow our business to do more, make more, and be just overall more efficient, more profitable. And he is talking today extensively about follow-up. And I know that most investors, including the ones that are actually very successful, struggle with follow-up. I don't know too many people that do it well because it's sort of a tough nut. It requires a lot of work to do it really, really well. But Danny has come up with a uh, software. He's come up with a solution for the follow-up conundrum, and he is going to talk about it. And I'm really excited because I think this is something you all should be paying attention to. So without any further ado, I give you my buddy, Danny Johnson. Hey, Danny, thanks for being here, man. Welcome back to Just Start Real Estate. You are a multi-time guest, and uh, I appreciate you being here and doing this.
1: Yeah, thanks, Mike. Of yeah, I really of enjoyed speaking with you, and we've known each other for a while, and I always enjoy speaking with you. So yeah, I'm same here. here
0: you reached out to me and you're like, Hey, we haven't, you know, we haven't talked in a while. We should, we should hop on. And it's, it's an easy yes. Cause I know you, I know what you're up to. I know you're a super smart investor and you've got so many cool things going on all the time that I know every time we talk, it'll be, it'll be a blast. So, uh, you're the, you're, uh, you know, selfishly, you're the kind of guest that makes my life so easy because I know exactly, uh, the kind of person you are. I know the kind of investor you are. And like you said, we've known each other a while. So it's a, it's always a fun conversation between friends, which is kind of cool. So, yeah, I appreciate uh, that. Yeah, man. Thanks for doing it. So uh we we talked a, a bit here before we hopped on uh live uh to the mics and I just want to let's let everyone catch up a little bit and for people who maybe haven't heard you in the past on the show, just a quick brief background who are, who are you? What do you do and 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 kind of how how do you tie into the whole real estate world? What's your yeah, for sure. what's your path?
1: I I took a course uh 3 months ago and uh no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like Wait a minute!
0: What's happening right now?
1: <laughs> Danny's <laughs> lost his mind. To me, so exactly. This is going to be fun. No, but um, yeah. So, 2003 actually was when I got interested in real estate. It was because my father started doing it, and I was—I just—I was just out of college, uh, computer science degree, doing software development stuff. And my dad was just having the time of his life. You know, he, growing up, he was a contractor for a real estate investor for part of the time. And, uh, just always kind of struggling, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. We, we kept having to move year to year, Yeah. you know, because we were having to, to, to rent from another place cause we'd get evicted or whatever. And, you know, it was just a rough childhood in that sense. And, you know, to, so whenever I went off to college and he started doing house flipping, uh, man, it just like changed his life. He was just so thrilled. Every single time I talked to him, the guy just had all this energy, you yeah. know, and he was just like in love with all of it and just couldn't wait to, to do more, And it just rubbed off on me. I was like, oh my gosh, like that's, I want that. Like (laughs) I want whatever he's on, you know, that's, that's really cool. And so, um, so his mentor actually started helping uh, me get into the business and and my father too, but it was mostly, you know, the, my mentor that had worked with him and, you know, getting in, going into the business was, was slow going, you know, I, I worked the job for three years while I got into the house business. And I had to be fired from that job to feel comfortable enough to, to get out yeah. on my own. How right? much of that
0: was self-sabotage? I mean, looking oh, back- all of it. Yeah, okay, yeah. I was gonna say, uh, you probably wanted out, but you needed yeah. someone to push you, so.
1: Right, yeah, yeah because it was, well, steady paycheck, mm-hmm. and then the deals. But you know, I do say that I, I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't do it again any differently because it did teach me how to maximize my time, you know, 80, 20, the time that I did have in the evenings and weekends on what I was doing, I didn't waste time because I didn't have time to waste. Yep. And so that really helped when I finally was full-time, actually made it hard to go full-time because then I just felt like, oh, I got to fill all the space with something. (laughs) I know. Then I started wasting
0: time. Yeah, I, I was doing it all in a short amount of time. Now I have tons of time. I know the feeling. I had the same, the same mindset when I went into this full time. I was like, you know, I've been so like trying to maximize every second that I could do so much with only a couple hours a day. Now I have all the hours in the day. It was like, you know, it's sort of like going from an 800 square foot house into like a 5,000 square foot house. Like, how am I going to fill this house? Like I was totally living fine in this 800 square foot house. So yeah, I get it, man. I know yeah. that feeling.
1: Yeah. And You know, it's just like, whoa, like I, I, w- I want to just sit and enjoy the extra time, but I can't do that. It's just not me. And it's interesting because it gets us to where we're kind of doing what we've had success with, but we're just doing more of it and harder. And, and you know, that kind of leads me to where uh, whenever I started blogging on Flipping Junkie about the 43 weeks of my business and the thing what had happened was I had, we had gone on vacation and I went and started taking flying lessons um, after having visited this, uh, this air museum. And, uh, and when we came back, you know, the I was so interested in the, in the, the learning to fly, you know, I was taking lessons and I was like kind of dropping the ball in the, the house flipping business. So long story short, you know, I needed to, to ramp that business back up and I needed, I needed a little bit of a push. And so I decided to have people online, hold me accountable. I was going to show them how, and I was thinking, you know, all these shows that are out, like flip this house and all that kind of stuff back then. Yeah would show the houses, the deals, like the the flips, but they were never showing how people were getting those deals, yep. right? I mean, it was just like the whole big part of this business, the <laughs> most important parts, never being shown.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: yeah, so it was like, I want to show what we're doing to, to generate these leads and deals. So I documented every single call that came in, which is pretty tedious. Heck yeah. You know, it was like, they wanted, they were selling because of this, this is how much they were asking, this is what the place was probably worth, fixed up, like all of that stuff. Yeah. And and that became uh, the book flipping houses exposed. And, uh, you know, so I guess if I'm still sharing my story, we can come back to this, but I do want to talk about, you know, the, the numbers that came from those 43 weeks and, and how at the time it was like, this is so cool. And so many people thought it was so great. And they got, a lot, they got into the business because of how I was showing how much of a numbers game it was. Yeah but then later on realizing whoa that was really horrible <laughs> those <laughs> numbers sucked man yeah and, and and why right like why did, did they suck like what real, what do i mean by that right yeah. and we can we can discuss that but fast forward we we kind of we grew we went after about 8 or 9 years of my ex-wife and i being the people running the entire business and wearing all the hats um, we finally came to our senses when, when I met, you know, you and, and Justin and and some other people about how to turn that business into a real business.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. And, uh, you know, got to the point where we were doing just so much better and, and got past our fears and, and, you know, built a business that allowed us to do other things. It was no longer this grind, constant grind, never seemed to ever stop. Yep. And, uh, you know, being on vacation and having to take calls and, and worrying, like wanting to come home early from a vacation because I wanted to make sure I didn't lose that deal. Yeah. How much does that suck?
0: Yeah. That you that know? sucks bad. It, and mentally it's so bad because it's hard to, you, you probably couldn't even enjoy your vacation because you're thinking okay. about what's going on and you want to get home. Like, uh, you know, nobody should be on a vacation that they want to leave to get back To make sure you don't lose out on a deal. You know what I mean? Like that's just a bad feeling. And I think most honestly, like to your defense and even to mine, before I, you know, got involved and and learned how to create an actual like company and not just this business that put me on a hamster wheel, is it's how most people run, especially most small business owners who start off in real estate. Like they run that's how they run their business. They do everything because most people can't, they don't think much beyond getting out of their job and just making money every week, every month, that is the goal and and people forget or they lose sight of why they actually did it. And more people than not more people I know than, than don't run it that way. Like that's just how it is. And they don't really know that there's even an option to get off that hamster wheel. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a shame because it's um, yeah, just like I'm going to have more success by just continuing to do this, but doing more of it, working a little bit longer this day, Um, You know, working on the weekends, like I'm going to make it happen by doing just more of it and and did that for far, far too long. But when we finally did, you know, graduate in a sense from our own, you know, business school and, and, you know, from the business school of of seven figure and uh, all that stuff. You know, it really did change things and allowed growth in other areas, right? Some yeah. more like life to expand and, and unfold a little bit more in different directions. Yep. And, you know, obviously it led to Lead Propeller, real estate investor websites, and uh, and now Forefront CRM we just launched, which is super exciting. And, and just creating the software, which is also a passion of mine, mm-hmm. to help other real estate investors to make that transition. And so that's that's where I'm at now. I'm still actively investing, not nearly to the level that I was investing before, and now it's more trying to pick up uh, long-term rental properties and yeah. and just invest in that way. And, you know, I've got a historic rehab going on right now. It's taking a little bit longer than I'd like because of COVID and, you know, contractor Unfortunately, got COVID, then got um, pneumonia after that, after oh, wow. recovered, ended up with pneumonia. Wow. I was like, man, this is a joy's a rehab.
0: Now when yeah. you say it's a historic rehab, do you mean it like the the amount of effort and time is historic <laughs> or it's literally a historic property that you have to do no, things? Yeah, it's a things? historic yeah, property. Okay. Yeah, That's not, what I thought. I just want to make sure. Point. At first I thought you meant like historically like long and crazy, but yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about because I know I know that you're super excited about your CRM. I'm going it's going to seem like a softball question, but to the people listening it's truly not. I'm I'm asking a, a legitimate question that I'd like to hear your your answer to. There are a million CRMs out there, right? We don't have to name them, but there are. Everyone knows, right? And there's a few that seem to be the most popular in our space right now. And and, and I'll be honest, I've moved CRMs over the years. It's a horrible experience. It has been for me. I shouldn't say it is for everybody. And it's sort of like, it's a move you don't want to make unless you have to. What is it about the CRM that you're excited about that you think people should know that should make them want to seriously consider going off of whatever they're on right now and and giving it a try? What I, I know for a fact, it's not just another CRM, right? There, there's something mm-hmm. a little more special about it. So why don't, why don't you... I, it seems like a softball question, but it's really not because honestly, changing software sucks. It does. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, no, it's a very good question. And and you're right because I before... Okay, we've had several iterations of CRMs. And so I would say most of the previous iterations... I, I don't think I had a good answer for that. It was just more of more of really the same. And it was like, well, we've got more features. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the answer, more features. Yep. Well, what, what features are those? And do those matter to people and do they matter to the right people? You know, do those features, the fact that you can get this lead list, that you can get cheaper somewhere else, but you can get it through our tool. I mean, is that really helpful for anybody at right. a certain <laughs> level of investing? Right. So this time around, you know, this this iteration, we took a completely different approach you know, we said, okay, no more of this. This is ridiculous. Like trying to build out everything and just like compete on features is ridiculous because it kind of misses the point of what this is all about. Because at the end of the day, thinking back to what did I create my first CRM for myself in this business? What was it for? Let me answer what the heck was this thing for? Because Mm -hmm. it just gets become something everybody feels like they have to have. Just because everybody's saying it, right? right? And what it boiled down to is keeping track of my leads, and then doing follow up. Like I've got to be able to keep track of my leads and I got to follow up and if that system can do that and do it the best then that's what matters.
0: Yep. How many people have you met personally met, Danny, who will tell you we we're generating leads, but once we talk to them the first time, if we don't go out and get that contract, we sort of lose track. Like we, we don't we can't go back into our database effectively. Because we sort of lose track and it kind of goes into this abyss. I know I've personally talked to hundreds of people who I know for a fact, they have no great follow-up at all. And, and you and I both know if you're going to spend the time, energy, and money to generate interest in, in what you have to offer someone in terms of buying their house, and you don't then take care of that, that lead, you're, you're throwing away, depending on the size of your business, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. Like You're throwing away a lot of money.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, there, there are a lot of and, and real estate investors that are, are doing that. And I did that for a really long time. Um, but to, to answer the, the question about how it's different and, and how that works out is, you know, and we, we created basically a system that's simple to be able to log in and just use, right. Because nobody wants to take two weeks or a month or more out of their business and disrupt everything to get something set up and configured So that they can, you know, keep going and do what they need to do and run their business. Right, right. right. And it's in the past, it was like, I've got to make 200 videos for people to come in and know what this thing does and how to use it. Well, guess what? Nobody watches them. Hmm. I mean, I I don't know about you, but whenever I get some software, I buy it, I log in and I just play with it. I don't want to read something. I don't want to watch something. I want to be able to figure it out. Yep. And so that's what we did. It was just kind of create like this it's kind of, if you've ever used Trello or pipe drive mm-hmm. and I think, you know, Mike, Cowper. Uh, I think he had even talked about pipe drive way in the past. And, you know, it's, it's, it's setting up this visual representation of your workflow. Yep. You know, like a digital whiteboard. I want to know when I look at this tool, where all my stuff is at a glance, I don't want to have to go down a list and mentally figure out what's, where, what's going on. I just yep. want to see it and know.
0: Yep.
1: Right. So that's, that's how we're different. And, and we did, we have, uh, uh, every other week we have calls with clients, with our people on Forefront. And we, we talk about what we're developing, what's coming up, get their feedback on that stuff, and then answer questions. And and recently we asked um who's utilizing the automated follow-up and who's not. And it was kind of half and half on that call. Mm-hmm. And, and the people that that were doing it were were saying to the others like, "Why are you guys not doing this? You're crazy. Why are you not doing like <laughs> utilizing this?" And it was a great question. Yeah, because we got to ask them point blank, "Why are you not using this when you know and everybody says it?" Fortunes in the follow up, mm-hmm. all that. Why are you not using it? And and the answer was, we feel like it's it can be pushy, salesy, and so we got to dig into that because there's a fear there, right? An assumption about yeah this is perceived and why they're not using it Mm -hmm. and uh, you know it was good because the people that were doing it got to say no no it's not that at all it's actually helpful it's all in your perception of what you're doing yeah and uh, as long as the messages are just you know crafted in a way to where it's it's like something that you would actually text a seller to follow up with right not some corny Our business is, you know, we've been in business for 20 years and you keep sending them the same text of that. Like, of course, that's crappy. Right. And that's not going to work. Yeah. It's all and it's all about top of mind. Right. Yep. So follow up that works. And to put this in practical terms so people can use this no matter what, like this is you've got to follow up. And when you do follow up, it's all about being top of mind. So. You know, a lot of people throw around the statistics for sales, where you know seven touches, 80% of sales come from seven touches, or something, yep. or whatever it is, and and so this idea comes that well, when we're doing follow up, we're somehow doing touches, and that's why we get the sale, and that's not. I don't think that that's really how things work. I think it's more of being top of mind. See, time, and my father always told me this in the business. He said time has a way of motivating people. Yep. At the moment that you talk with them, they might be motivated, but maybe not to the point they need to be to be able to work with you, where it actually benefits them. Yeah. Too. Yep. Right, because that's what's got to happen. But we both benefit from this, and time has a way of doing that. Circumstances, and so if you're sending out friendly, short messages, just basically saying I'm still here and I'm still interested. Yep. Or what can I help you with? Uh, you know, whatever if certain circumstances are with that property that situation. Yep. And then that way, whenever time has that way of motivating them, either your message made them think about it again or they happen to have something happen. And guess what they think? Yeah, uh, Mike is, has been contacting me. He's still, I'm going to give him a call. See, yeah, because he's been saying he's still interested. Yeah. I'm just going to give him a call. Yeah. And that's how you're doing it. That's how you're getting the deal.
0: Yeah. You're right. I, I you know, I always question. I don't disagree with the fact that it you know it takes an average of seven touches or whatever to get a deal. That, that may be true, but I, I say that's really not the important thing. The important thing is that, like you said, you stay top of mind because if I send you a postcard or I send you a text or whatever I'm using for my marketing, on the day where your life has just come unraveled and you need a solution, you will call me. I don't have to send you seven more correspondence <laughs> before you say yes, right? All right. So it's like, and then so if we all, if we know it's timing, if we know that everything in terms of finding deals and, and getting contracts is about hitting them at the right time in their life where their motivation and their timing is all, all the stars and moons align, then staying on top of mind is the best way to do it. Whether it takes 13 times or one time, it's just about timing. So you got to stay in front of them. So your software, Danny from a high level I'm just trying, trying to get my arms wrapped around it and I want people to understand if they're listening to it what what does it handle for you right like the follow follow up is a is a is a general kind of a term what what is what kind of follow up does it yeah. do for you
1: yeah so the what the system and I have this tip that came from that call too. I want to remember about. So remind me about the you know follow up tip for okay. uh, for not being salesy pushy or, or if you have pushback from your team wanting to not do follow up. But um, what what kind of follow up it does is so basically we we have you can set tasks right for to assign to yourself or your team notifications to follow up, mm-hmm. um, and then we have automated follow up where you can set a sequence where you set the time frame like so once they get added to the sequence. They come off your pipeline because you're no actively not actively actually working that lead anymore. Yep. So don't take up any mental space of still having that in the mix. Yep. It's going to come off of the pipeline and be in the background and be followed up on. And you can set up as many sequences with as many steps as you want and timeframes between those steps. And we provide default ones, but you can basically set to where text will go out and uh, emails will go out. And then you can also set up tasks that can be created to manually do a call or do something. And the cool thing about it too, is at the end of that follow-up sequence, you can automate whatever you want to do after it finishes. You can put it onto another one. So maybe if they're motivated, you have a short term, you know, where it's really frequent kind of messages, like one every two days or something. And then, you know, if that doesn't work out, automatically puts it to a little bit longer term where it's maybe once every two weeks yeah. so you don't piss them off yep. and then it goes and you can do whatever you want. So it's, it's pretty cool and powerful to, to set nice. all this up. And we, we have it because automation that doesn't, or automation that feels automated. Yeah. I think is worse than not doing anything. So, you know, we have where you, you know, short codes can be put into all these messages, Okay. right? So it's personalized. And yeah. so I don't like, it's hard to get a personalized text that doesn't seem like somebody sent it to you. I mean, because yeah. it's like how they can't be sending this to everybody. who has got my name on it. Sure. Yeah. Right. So, yep. so we do that. To very make cool. That so, so the usable. text might
0: say, "Hey, Danny, I'm just following up on the on the property. Yeah. I'm still interested." That, yeah, that's very cool. I and think even that's the huge. address, right?
1: Address the property. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Does it also? This is maybe I'm pushing it the envelope here, but does it? Rep, here's the thing that I always struggled with with any kind of automations is the name and the address is you are 90% there. Does it can it reconcile how long it's been since you talked to them? Because I always struggled with keeping the language vague enough that if I talked to them 2 days ago, that it would say hey, spoke to you a few days ago as opposed to spoke to you a few months ago, right? And and that's Smart. again, that's pretty we're getting deep down the rabbit hole of of you know how you can customize it, but um but I think It's like with with direct mail, right? I tell people all the time, variable data is, is, is essential. It's not even debatable. You have to have variable data. You have to say, hey, Danny, I'm interested in your house at 123 Elm Street, right? You have to do that. But with text message, it would be awesome to have some level of recognition of how long it's been since you spoke, right? So that it doesn't go, hey, I just spoke to you and it's been six months.
1: Yeah, that's smart. And I think we can probably do some things to innovate that and, and make that a part of it. And I wrote it down because it's a really cool idea. Yeah, I saw
0: you writing and I was like, <laughs> all right, right, just now, now I get some sort of residual, I think, on this software because I just helped develop <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's we'll talk about it. All,
0: first, but- all right.
1: But what happens right now, so let's, yeah, that's a very valid point, right? Because if you just spoke to them and they get a thing that says, hey, haven't heard from you in months, it's like, uh, what? I just talked to you yesterday. Right. So what happens is if you have an automated sequence going and they respond to it, you know how I said, when it goes in automated, it kind of comes off your pipeline, it's in the background. Yep. You can still go and see the list of all those that are being followed up on, but they're no longer right. in front. So if somebody responds And, uh, you know, to one of those that gets put back where you want it put back, like put back onto the pipeline and pauses the follow-up. And so at that point you can do what you need Mm. to do, either put it into like reset, put it into a different one that makes sense now Yep. so that that kind of thing doesn't happen.
0: That's awesome. That is integrated because it seems to me like the Holy grail of CRM since I've been in the business is... Some sort of integrated follow-up that isn't a complete nightmare, right? And I like that you said, I heard you say you guys have default follow-up sequence, you know, like the way it's worded and stuff, which is great because I'll be honest, I, I'll bet you 90% of the people who use it will at least at first use the default because the same reason why they won't watch 200 videos to figure out the CRM, they're not going to sit down for a day and a half and come up with yeah. this elaborate you know, response. They want, they want it done for them. And, and I think being top of mind is number one and far and away the more important thing of crafting the exact perfect message. Because just like with direct mail... I don't know that the message is as crucial as the timing. The timing is most crucial. And I would assume that with text follow-up, it t- the, the, the timing is most crucial, right? Um, you can tweak it for sure, but I think that's great. So let's go back to the book for a minute. The 43 weeks, like the House Flipping, flipping Exposed. What you, you referenced, you kind of teased that at the time you were like, this is great. And now looking back with the knowledge you have now, you're like, that kind of wasn't great. Like, t- explain what you mean by that.
1: Yeah. What I mean by that was at the time I I documented 495 leads and that generated, I think during the time that I was posting those, you know, that became the book, it was 11 deals done out of those 495 leads. We'll do the math. I mean, that's like 2%, I think of the leads actually became deals. Yeah. And so that's nearly almost taking 50 leads to make a deal. Yeah. And that's crazy. And yeah, Maybe that was a good thing because it did show people numbers game and they didn't give up after having made offers on 20 properties. You know what I mean? Because they saw, well, sometimes it can take a lot more, but eventually it it compounds and you get more and more quickly. But but that was after I'd been in the business already for a while, right? That wasn't like I just got into this business, you know, I was already doing a good number of deals. And so ramping back up, it was interesting to show how much time it took to get things really cooking again. Yeah. But but looking at even the forty-three weeks though, so that that's or thirty-four weeks is where it was. And and that, you know, showed just like that. And and you know, people liked that it showed that it was a numbers game and, and people got in this business because of it and really have done very well in the business. Um but but looking back, it took me years and years before I looked back and thought, wow, that's that really does suck because that was so much work. Yeah. Yeah. To generate that number of leads, to talk to that many people, to analyze that many deals, to go to that many appointments, I was killing myself, and I didn't even realize the extent of it. Right. You know, and and it was it was saying, okay, well, I've got a baseline. How come I didn't try to look at from the point of view? I know when I did. Why I didn't? Because I was too busy. Like I was busy, caught up in the middle of it. The hamster wheel was going fast. And if I stopped, <laughs> yeah. I was going to tumble and be thrown off. Right. Yeah, totally. So, but why didn't I stop and and look at the big picture, right? Like, look at the 30,000 foot view and say, this many leads, you know, what's happening? How many of those became appointments? That'd be a good first one to look at, right? Like, how many of those calls actually became appointments? Yep. If there's not a lot of appointments, why? I've got to ask a question and i got to drill down. Were they not motivated? Was I being way too, uh, you know, making too many assumptions about whether people were motivated? Right. You know, did I make an appointment for everything where they, they owed low enough to make a deal? Right. You know, it's looking at all of that kind of stuff. And uh, and then how many appointments got canceled? Maybe I'm setting appointments too far out. You know, maybe stuff is like I'm getting or I'm getting busy. Yep. So there's a whole kinds, all kinds of things that I could look at to do that. And I think that, you know, conversations with you and conversations with a lot of the crowd that, that I, I got to be around and was blessed to be around was was about that, right? Like you know, the traction, the EOS uh operating system, entrepreneurial uh, operating system. Yep. To be able to to look at what numbers I need to look at on a weekly basis. Yep. To see what the heck is going on in my business. Instead of just saying, I got some deals great. I'm I'm not going to even consider whether my bank account is good or bad. I just got deals and I'm yeah. on Cloud9 yeah. I'm going to keep doing more marketing and everything's just hunky dory. Yep. Right. But then you yeah. don't see that at the end, like you're not really making progress after a while. You're, you're just not like, yeah. it's, you're not able to, yep. and and you're not measuring. So you don't really know that you're not, or you don't know things are trending in the bad direction Yeah. until you've got some problems to deal with. Totally.
0: Totally. I, I wrote a, a thing down here. I want to go circle back because you, you, you tease it a little bit, the follow-up tip about not making it yeah. seem salesy. What was that?
1: Okay. That one was whenever we were talking about white people didn't do it, they said, well, so, uh, you know, the messages are selling push. And someone yep. said, well, I wanted to use them, but my team, my acquisitions person, she didn't want to, because she's the one talking with them. You know, she went to the to appointment and she's yeah. the one that's calling up the same person because they've got that rapport. And she felt like they might've been selling push. Okay. So what she did, what Ke- Kelly did was she had her acquisitions person come up with the messages and the, mm. the, the timeframes and probably helped her a little bit, yep. but then she had buy-in and yep. you know she was all about it and she knew what they were being told, like yes. what, what they were receiving. So that yeah. helped too, because then the person speaking to them yep. already knew kind of like what, what's going on there.
0: Yeah, that's smart. Getting your team involved for the buy-in, but also, yeah, from a practical standpoint, so they understand what's being said to these sellers. So they don't seem like there's a disconnect between your acquisitions and what your what your software is telling
1: them. And they can see that in the lead, they can see that communication history, but but to know yeah. already like if they get that call, they might not be looking in the system like they're just talking to somebody.
0: Right. And frankly, you know, if you have an acquisitions person that you think is a strategic advantage for you because they're really good, Like you should probably get their brain to work on this follow-up sequence and have them help you craft it. If they're a really good salesperson, then that's a little bit of an advantage for you over maybe your competition. So I, I know you've mentioned it a few times, but I want to make sure it's very loud and clear for the folks who are listening going, I need this. This is what I need in my business. And uh, if you don't think you need better follow-up, I will say you are probably wrong. Or you are exceptional and you are the outlier. You're not the rule because mm-hmm. I've been a lot of real estate investors and I don't know many who are really, truly good at follow-up and have a system in place that handles it really, really well. So what's the software called again, just so everyone can hear it?
1: Yeah, it's Forefront CRM. So F-O-R-E, Front CRM. Awesome. Which is Customer Relationship Management. Is yep. What
0: CRM stands is that a dot com after that or how would how yeah. they go there? Okay.
1: ForefrontCRM.com yeah. and... I do want to say too, though, that you know, some a lot of people get excited about getting a product and thinking, hey, this is going to be the thing that really you know catapults me. But I do want to say it's not for everybody. I mean, it really isn't. And what I mean by that is, if if you're not really generating leads right now, work on that first. Yeah. You know, don't don't do this until you've got because when you when you're not generating that many leads, you you got the time to manually follow up, and you should. Yep. You know, just handle it that way. Don't don't waste your time you know, messing with other stuff. Just get those leads coming in first. Yeah, that's
0: so, guys. Just for for everyone listening, if you if you don't recognize what just happened, then I just want to make it clear for you. Right? I've had a lot of people on this podcast, and many of them are promoting something. They have something that they're that they're into, that they created, that they're making. And I have yet to have any guest of mine ever suggest that perhaps their product isn't for everyone. And maybe it's not the right time. And it's not the right use of their time and money at the moment. So when someone has something of value for you, and they say legitimately, maybe you shouldn't because that's just not the right move for you right now in your business, that's a good sign that it's someone who's honest that you can trust. So I appreciate that, Danny. And honestly, God, I don't want to sound overly kiss buddy here. But that's why I like having you on, and that's why I appreciate you because it's very easy for you to go. Oh no, no, no! Everyone needs you. If you have one lead, you need to be following up. You need the CRM, right? And you're not. You're telling people, listen, get get your leads under control. Like, get more leads. Start following up manually. It's a little more, you know, maybe, uh, you know, you you talking to them in person. If you only have two leads, you should be talking to them in person. You should be spending that time. When you start generating a little more higher volume. maybe this is for you so i i appreciate that uh for people so that you're not just telling all just run out like this is the latest thing you have to do right this second so thank you for that um but you guys if you are generating leads Check it out because I I've been in this game a long time and I'll be the first to raise my hand and say I'm not the best. We're not the best at follow up. We struggle with it every single day. Uh, it's a real thing, and I think that we have probably missed out on deals without a doubt over the years because we didn't follow up as well as we should. It's just it is a, it's it's almost fundamental to this business that follow up is important, and also most people are not doing a great job. So there yeah. you go. You uh, you also mentioned before we hopped on here that you have a new podcast. Well, you. Tell me a little bit about that because Flipping Junk, everyone knows about that. It's been on, you've been doing that for years. It's a phenomenal podcast. Tons of people listen, tons of people get a lot of value. Uh, I know as a fellow podcaster what it means to start a new one. You don't just do it on a whim because there's work involved and there's money. It costs something, right? So, what are you doing and why are you doing it? What is it about?
1: Sure. And, and this is all so brand new. So I might fumble <laughs> through this a little, right. little bit because the, okay. the ideas are still kind of coming together. Got it. But Flipping Junkie is, is a great podcast and I've enjoyed, you know, over 200 episodes on that over the years. And I, I still want it to, to kind of be focused more for, for new investors, really encouragement for that. But I, I also see the value in having a podcast that will encourage people that are a little bit further along in the business. Because I do think, and it kind of goes into what we were just talking about, where I was at a spot where I was doing a decent number of deals and I was doing okay, right, but working really hard. And it wasn't until I got encouragement from you and from Justin and other people that, hey, you you can. You can hire people. You can be okay with that. You can figure it out. That encouragement is what I want this new podcast to be all about. And actually, the name is is Braver. So it's just Braver. It's a Braver podcast. I love it. And it's you know real estate focused, and it's it's going to be all about really interviewing and and sharing my own stuff, getting vulnerable, and just kind of showing like what are those real fears that we're you know causing us to avoid something that's keeping us from growing yeah. you know to a next level. Because I'm you know, I had all kinds of excuses as to why I didn't bring on a team for too many years, yeah. and it had somebody encouraged me sooner to look at those and be honest with myself about, Hey, you're just not doing this because you're afraid, man. Like, yeah. you know, let's look at that. That's okay to be afraid. And, and the reason why I came up with the word braver was I've been listening to a lot of Jordan Peterson stuff. And I really like the dude, like mm-hmm. just because of his little encouragement yep. idea, you know, about people just need encouragement. Yep. And, you know, he, he said something, he said, you know, it's not that people become less afraid. You know, they're afraid of something and that thing didn't change their their idea of what that thing is doesn't change, but they become braver. Mm. It's that they become braver and then it. they have agency to go forward. I love it. And so, yeah, that's, well, that's the whole gist.
0: I really think observing people over the last decade of doing this, there's like two levels of bravery. The first level is actually starting your business, taking that that leap and, and being brave enough to actually start investing, start making offers, start flipping or whatever you're doing. But that's just one level. And I think people sometimes get to that level and they understand what it took. They understand what it takes to continue running that business. And there's a whole second level of commitment and bravery it takes to climb up and actually create a a company, right? Something that runs without you doing all the work. And, And it's different, man. It's different because the skills it takes to start and kind of get it off the ground is different than the skill it takes to build a team. Just different, so I love that. It's an under, um, probably an underserved community, honestly. So I think it's a, it's an awesome idea, and it's very cool. cool. I love the name too. So, are you going to interview people that are not in real estate? or Are you going to keep it all real yes. estate? Okay. And that was the
1: other thing about not naming it something tied mm-hmm. to that is just yeah. because I do, I do want to have, you know, people. It'd be awesome to get Jordan on there, but I, you know, I, don't, I know that's probably near impossible at this point. But never um, know. You know, other, other. Just motivational stuff, not always, but but I'm definitely yep. interviewing real estate investors that, that are either going to make the leap, they realize that they have that issue, just made the leap into growing a team, you know, and, yep. and you dig into a lot of that and then have other talks about, you know, different things, even maybe including spirituality and, and just different yeah. stuff about growing in our lives. Because I yep. think that's all a part of achieving true freedom in our life.
0: Totally. I love it, man. I love the idea. Good luck to you on that. It's a lot. It's a ton of work. It's an undertaking. So uh, God bless you for doing that. And um, man, if, if anybody wants to reach out to you, like you gave them the website for the CRM, right? But if anybody wants to reach out, is there some way they should do that? Or what's the best way for people to get into your world?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> it's well, a pretty standard
0: have... question too, Danny. You should have an answer to this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I gotta figure that out. Well, I'm in the midst of changing all this stuff. Oh, okay, right? like, I, got you, I got you. used to be the go-to, but but I feel like uh, maybe something that's a little because that's just like a website, right? Like let's have a a real thing. Yeah, I mean, if you want to contact me, you can contact me directly just by emailing me at um, at danny at forefrontcrm.com.
0: Okay. Cool. Awesome. We will do that. And listen, thanks again for doing this. I really appreciate it. I love your honesty, your passion for the industry, and your transparency and everything you're doing and, and how honest and upfront you are about the way you handle things. That's why I love talking to you and why I have zero, zero problems endorsing anything you're attached to, because I know where your integrity is. I know where your heart is. And man, you're just a good dude. So So thanks for doing this. It's always a pleasure to talk to you.
1: Appreciate that, Mike. Thank you.
0: All right. We'll see you next time. All right, that was fun as always. Danny is a great guy. I've known him for a long time, and I just love his integrity and the way he's just such a straight shooter. And his software sounds amazing. I know that follow up is really the Achilles heel of a lot of a lot of investors. It's it's really just something people struggle with, and they have as long as I've been in this industry, most people suffer with that, uh, suffer uh, trying to get their follow up to be great. So that's something that you should consider for sure. Like go check out the software. See if it really kind of fulfills that need in your company. And like he said, if you're new and you just don't have any leads really, like, don't do it now. Wait. Hit the pause button. Come back to it when you have more leads. But if you have a lot of leads and follow-up is something you want in an automated follow-up system like he described, very, very cool. I suggest you go check it out. The links will be in the show notes. So check those out, guys. But as always, the software is not what makes the company. It is a phenomenal tool and it's something we all need. We need CRM, we need we need follow-up. But the first step is getting those leads. Even Danny said it, right? Go get the leads, go get those leads coming into your company, start closing deals and then buy the software, buy the tools and, and put yourself in a position to grow and to really maximize what you're doing. But you have to go out there and take action, guys. That's number one, so go do that now then go get a software. All right, we'll talk to you soon.